0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, usually in the days leading up to my podcast with people, uh, people are always asking me, who's on deck? What's the next guest? What's the topic? And this week when I mentioned uh, anxiety and stress, uh, people just sighed and nodded and they said, okay, this one definitely should be good. Uh, Stress is one thing, anxiety is another uh, and there's so many other words that can be thrown into the mix that we all just kind of, we listen to them in passing and so I'm really looking forward to tackling this. So this brings us to episode 42 of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang, the podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing and for more information, of course, you can always head to ExtensionMarketing.com. Arnold Zeman is joining us, a professional, co-active coach, uh, and really interested in his background. Did I say that? Co-active coach. Perfectly. Yeah, perfectly. perfectly. Okay. Um, and it's funny because we met today, <laughs> and I was saying to you, you are one of the first guests that I've had on the podcast that I haven't interviewed, I haven't had a relationship with prior to coming in for this. But we reached out, we, we touched and connected on LinkedIn of, of all places, That's right. Uh, and the topic spoke to me. This is something that a lot of people are talking about.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. But everybody can identify with anxiety and or stress, whatever word you want to use. And the reason for that is, I don't want to get too highfalutin here, but anxiety is part of the human condition. It's there for a reason.
0: Okay. So we, we use these words. We can say look, we're anxious. We're stressed. Uh, we're just, we're kind of Feeling the blues, uh, we're dealing with depression. I mean, these are all words that kind of get thrown out, and yet there is a significant difference uh, between them and how we should be viewing it. It's different to be a little stressed than to be dealing with anxiety, and and this is something that you battle and that you face every day with your with exactly. your the clients and the people that you work with.
1: Exactly. So, um, well, a couple of things in in what you've just said: um, anxiety, depression. The medical community, the um, psychological community, has understood for some time that there is a link between the two, between anxiety and depression. Um, The medical model treats the symptoms. Um, so it's not always clear where the, where the boundaries are. I don't feel like I can really talk about depression. I mean, an expert might say, oh, you, you have some bits of depression and perhaps I do. Um, uh, what I feel I can talk about is anxiety and, uh, you know, your, your point about the language. Yeah. It's in our everyday language and, um, they are different things. They're kind of like on a continuum. So, um, it's normal for people to given different situations to get anxious. That's, that's perfectly normal. And in fact, it's called situational anxiety. So you may have to give a public speech. That wouldn't be a problem for you. But, um, for most of us, you may have to stand up in front of a lot of people and, and talk. And you get um, you get stage fright, or you can't do it. Um, when that situation is over or removed, you've avoided it or whatever. You're not you're not anxious anymore. So that's one type of. Am I talking too much?
0: <laughs> no, oh God, Arnold, we've got an hour. You're going to be talking plenty. Let me tell you. Oh, I'm yeah. just warming so up. I, I know. I, it's one thing, right, to be situational anxious, right? That you've got a competition, you've got a high stress uh, yeah. presentation. Absolutely. There are people who, from the morning, from the moment they get up, that's right. Right, it can be debilitating, and and this is where you come at this. From a very different perspective, because at one point you weren't the expert talking about this; you were very much suffering, very suffering much, from, very from much
1: us. suffering, and it's it's an ongoing, um, you know, it's an ongoing fact of a fact of my life. So the 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 real big difference between um, an anxiety, clinical anxiety, or an anxiety disorder, and the situational stuff is for um, the anxiety condition. There usually isn't um, an identifiable reason or object for being anxious. You're absolutely right. You wake up in the morning and you feel this dread. It's in your body. There's, you know, you ex, you just you. You're not sure why, but you expect bad things to happen. And am I safe? How am I going to deal with that? And so for a long time. Um, the way I dealt with that was partly through uh, medication. And still, you know, I, I'm, not a, um, I'm not against medication. I think it can be very helpful. It is, it is for me. Um, the other way I dealt with it is a, a classic uh, kind of mechanism, avoidance. So things that really stressed me out or made me anxious um, like driving, I just avoided driving, avoided, you know, getting, uh, getting a license, doing things like that. At-
0: can I, can I ask like when, yeah. when for you, like, were you an anxious child? Like, am, am I allowed to use that word anxious already in yeah. referring to things? When, when do you feel that for you and your experience, you, you kind of thought no one else is, seems to be going through it exactly like me.
1: Beautiful question. Um, the short answer is yes, absolutely. Um, just the sense of otherness that, um, uh, me as a kid, I wasn't. I didn't feel the same as my friends my age. I didn't feel that they had the same kind of family that I had, the same kind of parents uh, that I had, and and the same kind of. I didn't express it in those terms then. But the same kind of family dynamics. So yeah, there is. Um, I would. I would say. Um, some of it has the roots in that. Some of it also, in my case, uh, probably has the roots in a, a predisposition um, to, to be anxious. And, and like, who knows how to identify that and make that more precise. Um, about 20, 25 years ago, a psychologist in the States um, identified a trait, not, um, not a disorder, but a trait called highly sensitive person, HSP. Her name's Elaine Aaron, And um, when um, uh, highly sensitive people have, um, um, how to put it, unfavorable uh, development experiences as a child, they can be more prone to anxiety, depression, and other, uh, other situations. All of that, I think, plays into, you know, my own situation um was it
0: a healthy were you parents involved were you they were non-involved
1: no um you know my parents had their own uh kind of issues my younger brother uh was disabled um died when he was 11. I was 13. Um, So a lot of my mother's focus was on him. My mother um, was anxious herself. So um, there was kind of a, um, you know, I don't need to look after you. You're healthy. I need to look after Stanley and myself because I've got a case of the nurse. Your mother
0: recognized that she had
1: yeah, she, I don't think it was ever treated successfully. She just uh, endured it um, uh, for her life. My father was totally wrapped up in his his business. He was a shopkeeper. and um, yeah, kind of um, uh, well, totally wrapped up in that to the ex- and and worry and brooding about how things were going in business. So, you know, I didn't have, um, I wasn't abused physically, um, but I had absent parents. And that's, you know, that's one of the worst things that a child can experience. It depends, it depends on the child. That's where the, the predisposition may kick in. Uh, you know, one child may, may be fine with that and, and and blossom. And another child like myself may, you know, uh, come up with all sorts of strategies to to face the world because he he doesn't feel like he's really been given that support and love and and nurturing
0: the strategies that you came up with though it seems that, that in the story that I'm about to hear it could have been self-detrimental like you you avoided or you stayed what did you hide like what what did you do
1: so i limited Uh, I limited my life, uh, really. You're absolutely right. The strategies to avoid this very uncomfortable feeling of um, not being safe, having to have an escape plan, not knowing what to do in certain situations, had a price. And the price, um, you know, writ large, was not being able to enjoy everything that everyone else enjoyed in life you know, and, and that everyone else uh, took for granted. So my story involves, and this is, is jumping ahead and I'm, I'm willing to, to go back, but to give you an example of avoidance, um, out of university, um, I, my family was in Montreal. I came to Ottawa because of a job offer at, uh, at what's now called Global Affairs. So um, I was in the Foreign Service stream and I realized, like really early on, how did I get here? Okay, I wrote exams. <laughs> I applied to write the exams. I was interviewed. Uh, they thought I did well enough to make an offer. But now I'm going to be sent to to places where, you know, at least in Montreal and Ottawa, I know what to do if I have a panic attack, you know, I know where to get help, but being sent to India or Bangladesh or um, Senegal, uh, that just terrified me. How did I deal with that? I left um, probably what was uh, going to be a very promising career at what was then called External Affairs, now Global Affairs. Um, I left because I I couldn't hack that. I just couldn't hack that. So yeah, there was a big price to pay uh, uh, for me in, and, you know, in terms of professional achievement, satisfaction, but also contribution to society.
0: But you mentioned, you know, you didn't know where you were going to go. If you'd had a panic attack in say Bangladesh, what for you did a, a panic attack feel like what, 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 what went through your mind and body to realize that you were in a panic attack?
1: So panic attacks are, are just awful. You, um, in my experience, and people have different experiences, in my experience it was like something dreadful is going to happen. Um, I'm standing in line at the bank, at the art center, I remember this, and I'm going to faint, Um, I'm going to uh, have a medical emergency, and then your mind just spins and is consumed by what if this happens, what if that happens, you start perspiring, your heart starts racing you feel you know it's the fight flight um freeze mechanism um and and you you feel you have to do something but you don't know what to do and with me there was also the shame piece oh my god say it's nothing say i do faint and it turns out just to be anxiety that's going to be so embarrassing hard to I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm not sure if, no, if you get it. Well, it's I, really... I do
0: get it. Like, well, I, I feel for you, Thank you know, you. I, I feel for you that, you know, I could have been standing in the bank line next to you That's right. and I'm just going about my day. And there's another individual who's in front of me who feels like the world is caving in on them. And I wouldn't know the difference. And you're just sitting there, you know, in a mad sweat trying to just exactly. get through the day. And I'm assuming that this is what people are experiencing and you were at least out and about and trying to live and and out there are people who are aren't even leaving their homes even their beds leaving anything because it's like why why bother i'm just going to have this panic attack while i'm at the bank so and and you must deal or, or in your conversations with people how terrifying and how restrictive. They must be like a prisoner sure. to this anxiety. No,
1: you're very insightful, Leanne. Um, prisoner is a key word. Um, you're, you're in a prison. Uh, you've set up the bars yourself because my, my learning from all this is, um, is about the relationship that, you, that I have with what's going on with me. And the relationship can be, this is terrible, and this is what's happening to me, or it can be um, something um, healthier and um, more constructive. And that's the kind of work um, that I do. It's it's um, a process called focusing. And if you want, I can I can go into it. Um, the type of focusing I do is all about uh, creating an inner relationship. So we relate to people around us, you know, as soon as we wake up. Uh, even if we live by ourselves, you know, we, we go to Starbucks, uh, we go shopping. You're talking to people. You're with other people. There are also um, uh, parts of us in our body that uh, we can become identified with or we can learn how to get a bit of distance from and relate to them as as if they were um, you know people that we were meeting so anxiety is one of those things there is a way of um, getting into an awareness of your body how your body feels when you're anxious. And, um, um, you know, making friends with that anxiety. Treating what you're feeling like maybe the chipmunk you see on a walk. Who's, you're finding, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> a chipmunk, look how, how cute. But The chipmunk is terrified of you. So what can you do? to make friends with that that chipmunk you give it space you don't try to get it to do anything you don't judge it you're not aggressive you're compassionate but the big thing is you give it space until it realizes this is probably not a threat and maybe it'll let you get a little bit closer so that kind of work is what focusing work is uh, with somebody who facilitates that it's it's um it's elaborate and yet it's very simple because it's very human some people can do it very naturally it just comes naturally to them to to say oh geez i'm feeling something in my chest what what is that to approach it with curiosity without judgment with kindness
0: you know, it seems like, okay, I'm going to give the chipmunk some space uh, that it could be viewed on like there's a simple solution or uh, you're not saying it's simple, but that it takes time to be able to, to, to create this skill within you that you can have this conversation with yourself. And yet, if your heart is racing or your chest is tightening uh, and you're immobile, like, at what point are you are you going, okay, I can do this myself or to be able to have the outreach to people to say, I'm going through this and I, I feel immobilized by it.
1: So talking to people, the key is uh, for me is relationship and anxiety. And by relationship, you know, I don't mean something romantic. I mean, being with other people um, and being able to let people know um, how you're feeling and, and get a friendly ear, not a, oh, you know, just picture yourself up.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, come on. How often did you hear that? Just get over it. Just well, get over it. Just move on. Just uh, don't think about it. Not helpful. Right? Like how, that would be, I would say 90% of a person's normal reaction would be like, oh, get over it. It's not that bad.
1: So this is very, uh, you're right. This is very counterintuitive. You know, why would you, why would you want to make friends with something that feels so awful? Be, well, and the question I'd put to, to people who say that is, have you ever tried to drive it away? What, you know, how, how does that work for you? Um, try to uh, control anxiety, manage anxiety, tame anxiety. Those, if you treat anxiety as an enemy.
0: So when you were younger then, I mean, you were saying that you didn't want to go get your driver's license. You have your driver's license.
1: I do, but I don't drive, Leanne. I took an Uber here.
0: So you don't drive?
1: I don't, to this day.
0: So you've never... You, you, you've I never, got, you, you, got, you ended up getting your driver's license, yeah. but you don't drive.
1: Exactly. It's it's great for ID. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, okay, I just assumed you drove here. You know, course, we, we, It's a snowy day, does. and I'm just like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I think we make an assumption. You have chosen... Sorry that you know this part of your life brings you anxiety would you say that you have made friends with this aspect or that you have made adjustments in knowing how you're going to get to and from your whole life i i that's a big thing to pass up the independence of of driving i mean it must be so much easier now with uber <laughs> but I, i'm sure it wasn't like that 30 years ago no you're right
1: no i mean yeah you, you have it in spades um, and, and keeping quiet about that is, is also a burden that I had, you know, I would tell people if I had to, but I wouldn't come out and, uh, meet someone at a party and say, oh, by the way, I don't drive because there was shame about that. And there, you know, there still is some shame. So no, I haven't made friends with that specifically, um, um, you know, that's,
0: <laughs> it's the, not
1: like you can deal with anxiety. Okay, let's go through my to-do list. I'm okay, what, to deal what, with would, the drive. what would
0: your list say, if you don't mind? Okay, and you talk about this, right? Shame is one thing, but being able to talk about it, the language is, is another. What would your list look like? I already know now you oh, don't drive. Right. What, in comparison, because I think people at home are making a checklist. What is it that they suffer from? Or what is it that they experience? And, and, and kind of put the variables on these lists, like, could you make a list of the things that you know affects your life differently than the average, I don't want to say average person, but like a person who isn't dealing with this. Who, who isn't dealing list. with yeah.
1: this. Yeah, so um, driving's one. Swimming yeah. is another. Don't swim. Never learned to swim.
0: Fear For fear of, just the fear of drowning, fear. Okay, it overwhelmed you.
1: Exactly. Um, there yeah there is
0: a is that a hard question to ask like it, or to it's answer? hard to oh, okay.
1: yeah there's something uh, something in me that doesn't respond well to not because you asked the question but to the idea of okay just list the things, and then we'll uh, the, we'll address each of those things and, and try to find a fix.
0: You can't. This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They're a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally, as I've been using the Extension Marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into unchartered territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com.
1: Some psychologists will offer cognitive behavioral <laughs> therapy, exposure prevention therapy to, to make adjustments to your behavior and to your thinking. Um, so you can do these things. Right,
0: like uh, a lot of people have a fear of flying. Yeah. But they eventually they need to get from A to B, and they. Sure. Event.
1: I have no problem yeah. with flying. I'm. Probably Someone cause...
0: else is in control. Someone enjoy.
1: else is in control, and when you're in this uh, metal mm-hmm. tube, it doesn't feel like you're uh, five miles up in the air, uh, hurtling through uh, space.
0: But you didn't trust yourself with the driving. Was that the,
1: mm. yeah. the tube was
0: smaller, or that you were responsible for the tube?
1: It's. Um, you use the word overwhelm, and that is a mm-hmm. that's a great word to use. It's all the inputs, the sensory inputs. The oh, there's there's the wheel. In the case of a manual transmission, there's that, and there are all these other people on the road. And oh, I'm in the wrong lane and I have to shift over to this lane and I didn't do that. Now I'll have to go past.
0: It it, it over it becomes overwhelming. It
1: becomes just overwhelming. And the the easiest way. And I'm not advocating this. I am far from it. I'm just saying this is, is a typical way of dealing with um, what produces anxiety in you. And I still use it. Um, so I'm not here to say I've got this magic tonic that will take care of all, all of your things. Um, and, and for another, this is, this is really important. So much of us is about doing things, how to get from A to B, how to get this result. Apply, you know, uh, cut out the negative talk, uh, uh, be self compassionate, and then you can do blah, blah, blah. I'm not about doing so much in, in terms of my work with myself and, and with other people. It's more about being, just being, which is a revolutionary concept. You know, how, how can I be with this chipmunk? What does, how would this chipmunk like me to be with it? You're in the park, you sit down on the bench, there's a stranger on the bench. And, oh, maybe you'd like to talk, but you want to kind of figure out in, in yourself what, you know, what, what would this person need for me just to enter into conversation with them for me just to be with them well you know they'd need some probably they need some trust some feeling of trust they'd have to feel that i'm not a threat to them stuff like that well those types of um attitudes um not only can be cultivated but i believe that we all have them innately.
0: So this is what this is the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Once you started to do the work on yourself Mm-hmm. You felt that there was work that needed to be done with others. So, what is it like? What did you study, and what did you learn to be able to do this practice and do this coactive coaching okay. with others? Like, what is, what does this entail?
1: Okay, so coactive coaching is um, the property of a coaching company called the Coaches Training Institute. Um, coaching is often referred to as a profession. Um, I heard someone recently say something that I thought made a lot of sense. It's not a profession because there are no barriers to entering it. (laughs) You can call yourself a coach, nobody's going to stop you from calling yourself a coach and running a business as a coach. So it's more like an industry than it is um, a profession. There are all sorts of schools that um, will put you through training. Uh, certify you and and set you up to be certified by an international coaching body. Um, the one I'm most familiar with is called the International Coach Federation. I'm accredited, uh, uh, certified by them uh, and by my coaching uh, training school. But there are other avenues, other training schools that are recognized by the ICF that are recognized by others. So I have that. What is that about? The most important thing for me about coaching is a belief that everyone is um, naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. People don't need to be fixed, you know, unless, uh, unless they have really serious debilitating problems um, that are medically diagnosable.
0: We're always trying to fix. And I love that. We don't, like, that's a huge statement. Just fix it. It can't, like, that right there is is a massive component. We don't need to be fixed. It's not always about fixing the problem.
1: You really have got it. That's right. It is not about fixing. So coaching, as distinct from, say, consulting or mentoring, isn't about... Oh, there's this issue. There's this problem. Well, as a mentor, in my experience, here's how we, I would, have, I dealt with that problem, or would have dealt with that problem. Or a consultant, well, let me study, you know, uh, uh, everything that's involved, and I'll come up with a recommendation for you. Coaching in um, in its purest form is about the client finding the answers for their own personal or professional growth by working with someone who's asking them very powerful questions whose agenda is what what the person in front of them where the person wants to wants to get to
0: what do okay what are your clients coming to you for then so yeah are you able to kind of give me a sense of of what in a day would a client be like or the situational issue like
1: yeah so a, a lot of it has to do with overthinking a lot of it has to do with uh, how they're seen by other people in the workplace and how they imagine that they're seen. Um, a lot of it has to do with their acceptance or lack of acceptance um, of of who they are and and who they want to be, confidence. Um,
0: do you have people coming to you? Um you know, anxious about, you know, in their job, they need to be able to perform or need to be able to do presentations. You bet. So this would be, and you would go through almost this focusing, like that would be one of the yeah. the areas of which you would work with.
1: So what I would do with someone like that, yeah. who is amenable to that, um, is um, introduce um, the idea of uh, getting in touch with what your body already knows and is holding, but hasn't found words for. Uh, sounds a bit, a bit uh, woo-woo. Well, there's been so
0: many woo things said in this room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't woo-woo, yeah. um, I'm, I'm here to say. Um, there are scientific studies about levels of experiencing what's going on inside. Um, and in fact, uh, focusing was, was discovered um, uh, in a study uh, about 50 years ago um, of how come some people who go to therapy get better and some people don't. They just stay you know, forever mm-hmm. in therapy. And what the researchers learned was the people who, when they were talking with a the therapist and were asked a question by the therapist— and they just paused and tried to get in touch with what the reaction of their body was to that question. And and then put that into words. Those were the people who got better. The people who weren't able to do that, who, you know, that was just uh, foreign to them. Um tended not to get better
0: so if i'm understanding this correctly it's listening allowing the body to respond yeah. to the question or giving the body a time to react and to see how it feels that's, by that question before jumping into an answer or right or responding right away
1: that's a large part of it slowing down um uh looking for words seeing which words fit with your body sense and which words don't. For example, um, you know when you uh, have forgotten someone's name Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: you're trying to remember their name and you can't can't come up with it, how does that feel? Versus, um, that's the name, it's Ruth. Mm -hmm. Got it, it was eluding me. So there is a shift that we've all experienced in our bodies when we know that's the wrong name, we try out various names, and then we find the right name. The body feels differently. And if you can get in touch with that, and you can because it's it's a very human thing to do, although some people need to be taught it, like myself, it wasn't natural for me, I'm really... Uh, into my head and, and all sorts of intellectual ideas. Um, You, you can, you can get insights, you can get information, you can get a, um, a shift in how you feel. So for somebody to get back to your question, who has a a presentation to do uh, in the workplace and is really uptight about that, rather than coaching them on, um practicing on writing it out on on going over it in front of a mirror maybe going over it with their spouse seeing what the reaction is what what i would do is take them through this process of seeing what what their body already knows about that and so it's not a simple it's not a recipe and oh so if i do these things this will happen no it's like what i said about the name Oh, that's it. I feel differently now. I feel more open. I feel more. Something is right now with me.
0: Is do you this, get what I'm trying I, to say? I do, and I'm assuming there was a point when this happened with you, like that you would have had your own transformation of of figuring all of this out. Because I mean, you passed up a really good job. I mean, you think about it now. Tell me <laughs> that many years tell me about ago, that. you would be enjoying life right now. Yeah, like you know that this, something needed to happen for you to be able to get to this point.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's absolutely right. And let me put it in, in these terms. I've learned through my coaching experience, and through my training and focusing, um, that everything, even the stuff I haven't enjoyed, but everything I've experienced has gone into making me who I am. And so it becomes really important to accept that, accept the parts that I may not like as having, you know, having a real bearing on a, how I've turned out as a human being. Um, so, yeah, I I passed up uh, certain things, but I have a different... A, totally different sense of who I am in the world, how I want to be with people, um, what, what matters to me in terms of how I live my life. Um, I love this, uh, this quote that's just coming to mind. Uh, the American author, um, um, I'm going to get his name, no, George Saunders. So um, he's, he's primarily known as a, a short story writer. Um His first novel was called Lincoln in the Bardo. Um, and um, so he is quoted as saying that his biggest regret in life is when he could have been kind and he wasn't to someone else. I mean, that just just really touches me deeply in in a way that talks about you know what this, thing of being born and living on earth has is about
0: kindness yeah the the lack yeah
1: kindness to other people um there's another uh quotation I, i like that's related be kind because everyone you meet is fighting the same hard battle we're all in this together. We're all humans experiencing um, a lot of joy and triumphs, but also uh, sadness, sorrows. And I think for me, it's important to connect with people uh, on that basis and to support them.
0: How are we dealing with it differently, though, when you talk about someone who's dealing with anxiety, who, as we mentioned, it, everything becomes over, overwhelming? To someone who might be then dealing with depression, the same two the two people not wanting to get out of bed. One is feeling like the everything possibly could that could go wrong could go wrong with someone maybe dealing with anxiety, and then the darkness or this. How different is it then for someone dealing with depression, and and to differentiate the two.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert on that. And when depression gets really severe, you know, cyclical um, um, uh, manic depressive disorder, um, I really, I really can't speak to that. What I can speak to is when, when people learn about, oh, there is something I can do for myself here in addition to seeing a psychiatrist, a psychologist, to taking medication, all of which I, I, I firmly believe need to be on the table. But there, there are other uh, avenues, and one of them um, is, is what I've been calling focusing. Um, how, how is that uh, different? Well, Um, in the hands of a facilitator or a guide you would you would lead somebody um, through what what they're experiencing and um, how they're experiencing it so focusing is about how it's not about what what's this what's causing this how am i going to change this focusing is about how am i going to relate to this stranger this strangeness, this chipmunk that might be afraid of me. I've been throwing quotations at you. There's um, uh, another one that I, I'm I'm fond of. Um, Nothing inside us is our enemy. Everything inside us wants us to live further. So uh, I'm sure you you've heard, um, you know well. Um, when you're anxious, when you're depressed, when when this happens, there's a good reason for it. your Your body is trying to get you past something, and this is the only way it knows knows how. Um,
0: it could be a short term thing, though, or it could be a long term thing. And I would I would assume those that are dealing with this long term, are you not looking for like an end in sight? Yeah. Like, are you? Like, are you not striving for that light at the end of the tunnel? Like, I would think that there it need that they would want to feel, and a finish line of some sort S- that they've.
1: So it's yeah no, that's very natural, uh, a very natural expectation. The finish line or the light in the tunnel has to include, the if I can say crap mm-hmm. that you don't like that you want to get rid of.
0: It's coming with you.
1: Because, yeah, because it's a part of you. It's, it's something that made you who you are. And the best thing you can do to it is to honor it, respect it, um, and not identify with it. Okay? This isn't me being anxious. This is a part of me. This is somewhere inside of me that's feeling anxious. And... I'm just going to see if I can be with how that feels in my body. I'm going to see if I can sense how it would, might like me to be with it. I'm going to see um, how it sees things from its point of view. I'm going to ask, uh, it doesn't want X, Y, and Z to happen what does it imagine might happen if x y and z occurs so it's all about how you treat you treat this and yeah um so describing it uh, we're limited uh, people who who go through it um something something happens it's really on an experience mm-hmm. level
0: I'm I'm thinking there's a lot of people who are will come to you having lived with this having having seen where it's held them back in their life and are seeking and help so that they can further to do things. There could be things that, and people listening, you know, for the timing of this, the holidays. Yep, yeah. <laughs> they've got family coming over. They've got financial. I would say it's financial stress, uh, anxiety of entertaining, anxiety of family, like. How are we over the next couple of weeks getting through what is typically a very stressful situation where some will just say I'm stressed for the holidays and some will actually have a negative reaction to what is supposed to be a festive time of year. And then you feel guilty that you're not in this joyful, yay, we're going to do all this stuff because you're just like you're dreading it.
1: Exactly. that that really complicates it or co- compounds it. I'm supposed to.
0: Mm-hmm. yes, we're supposed to. Be I'm a way. supposed
1: to be happy. I'm supposed to enjoy family and and Uncle so-and so is really ticking me off and pressing buttons. Um, I don't have a magic solution. What I can point to, though, is the benefit of slowing down, pausing. Recognizing what's going on inside. Oh, that's really a trigger. That's really annoying me. I'm feeling angry. Feeling those things doesn't mean you have to act on them. Point number one. Um, so, recognizing that, oh, I'm not in a state of calm. I'm not in my best self. I'm somewhere else. Um, another thing you can do is what uh, we call resourcing, building yourself up. What are the things that make you feel really fully alive? What are the things that um, make you happy? Is it um, you know uh, gardening? Is it an experience with an animal, a horse, or or your pets? Um, is it is it listening to music? And I'm not saying you can tear yourself away from the dinner table and go do that. But what you can do is bring those things to mind in your body and how they make you feel. And then the third thing you can do, it's the three R's, is relate. How am I going to relate to this anger? The first thing to do is to become aware that the anger isn't all of you. It's just one part, part of you. You are much bigger than the anger. And um, knowing that, um, how, can you, how can you be with that, say, uh, snarling wolf that you see in, in the zoo, who's, you know, terrifying you, but you're at a distance, you're protected. Um, how can you be with that, uh, and not act out? So I'm not giving you a, a very, you know, Well, no, I think Leanne, takes... do this, this, no. and this, and you'll be fine.
0: Well, I think, well, I think people need to realize is there's no easy, there's no easy answer to any of it. And I mean, yeah, you can make your checklist, uh, and well, I'm a checklist person, <laughs> I, you know, I have like, and it's funny. Like, I on the day, it's like the checklist of things, and I find as I check things off, the anxiety level, or this. So, with the stress level for me, the anxiety level for me, what would that more? For, where would I fall if I'm just trying to get things done? Is that more just the everyday stresses? Where I'm,
1: so the, I'm. I can't diagnose yeah. no, anybody. I know. And
0: people need to ask what should people be asking themselves what questions should they be asking themselves to differentiate between is this my everyday stress or or is there a part of me that's that's how much is this
1: how much is what is occurring and what i'm experiencing interfering with my functioning am i staying in bed and refusing to get out of bed
0: can You're you you not- talk about the the 2am 3am wake ups from people who get up in the middle of the night and their heads are spinning uh, they can't get back to sleep uh, is it that they're stressed is it that they're anxious and then we can't get back to sleep and so the anxiety starts to kick in that says i haven't been able to i'm not sleeping i'm now now i'm only going to get this many hours of sleep and I, like if i don't get back to sleep then i'm going to be tired like it's like a perpetual they S- they build on each other
1: so those things can be addressed by you know by medicine, by I don't mean by taking drugs, I mean by physicians, uh, sleep clinics um, they can be addressed by uh, relaxation techniques, um, meditation yeah. mindfulness. Many of
0: us are trying to stay in that bed and try to be like just listen to your breathing like you uh, you well know, like, one of the yeah. one
1: of the uh, pieces of advice uh, that I've often come across um, when you can't fall asleep in bed is get out bed is somewhere (laughs) you sleep and and do other things. It's not somewhere that you um, toss and turn. 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 So if you're awake, get up and do something else. Uh, Read until you're tired or or whatever. That's one response. Um, Another response, which I like to cite, um, a famous uh, psychiatrist named Viktor Frankl uh, wrote a very famous book called Man's Search for Meaning. Um, he was a survivor of the concentration camps. And in that book, among other things, um, uh, by the way, he pinpointed um, the, um, the finding of meaning was the key factor between those who survived and those who didn't.
0: I find his story is fascinating. Really so
1: one of the things he says in that book is he talks about a paradoxical intention, Um, and I've I've tried this, I don't always come back to it when I I can't sleep, but it's forming the intention very actively and aggressively, I'm going to stay awake. There's no way I'm going to fall asleep. I'm just, I am going to stay awake until it's time to get up. Often what will happen is, and that's the paradox, first of all, you'll laugh, and that's a good sign. It's like, yeah, okay. This this is crazy. The other thing that happen is you start to feel tired. Your body says, "What? You want me to stay up? I'm tired."
0: I'm gonna try that next time.
1: There, so there are. it's it's in the book. If you know the book, it sounds like you know the book. uh Man's well, I, for reading. Well,
0: yeah. Well, I know the name and I, and I, and it, the the mean. You know, there's there's been discussion about it uh, as of late so i as soon as you said his name i you know it's I worth reading. That, that story right now we have um you know individuals who are hopefully kind of recognizing where on this i don't want to say i can't even say on the spectrum right we all have very different experiences and gosh i was telling you beforehand you know jamie my 10 year old you know would kind of have these tantrums. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was, you know, and it would come out as aggressive and she'd be anxious and she would say that she was anxious and it was almost like we had to let her finish. Like, it wasn't like trying to stop the tantrum at what was happening. It was like, ride it out. Let the body recover. And then it needed to be held and comforted. And And then once that was done, it was like life was, it was like she needed to get it out of her system, recognize it, and then you move on. But it was the allowing... Allowing it and then the comforting after.
1: You're using such keywords allowing, not doing, not forcing, not going through the checklist. Checklists are fine. Don't misunderstand me for all sorts of things that you need to accomplish. Um, but in this type of work, allowing something to be what it needs to be um, and um, and approaching it with kindness. And um, this, is, this is kind of revolutionary because these feelings, these parts of ourselves, they aren't used to that. <laughs> what they're used to is, I don't like feeling like this. Well, Get away. Yeah.
0: Or fix it or put it in a box or just behave and that, that, or just act like everyone else or be normal. Uh, and that's, that is your normal. And it's accepting it.
1: So in the martial arts, um, and I'm not the the biggest uh, expert in this, but in, in some of them, there is this response that goes with the attack rather than opposes the attack. And I'm talking about something similar here. The working with, not opposing, not trying to get it to be something else than what it is. You also mentioned comforting very important. So how do you do that um, uh, in yourself or or with a child? Well, you, you get to learning that there is a bigger part of yourself that can be with this anger, but not be merged in it and can send it Comfort and compassion and love
0: you know my reference was to a child but this could be to a partner yeah. uh, to a friend to a, a parent it's oftentimes you feel like you're the one that's attacked though yeah right and, and people tend to do that with the people they are most close to and most love. so when you're having these um, anx- attacks or panic attack or anxiety like it, you most take it out on the people who are closest to you
1: for sure so if that's if that's a question the the magic solution if there is one is is to pause and not do what you're sensing you want to do to recognize it and just be with it and not act on it
0: kind of like in the therapist's office is take that moment to see how your body if i'm listening correctly to what you've been saying is taking oh, that moment have. to see how that body is reacting to
1: you totally get uh, get what I'm talking about I can tell I can tell by your responses um yeah um it's it's this allowing you know it's even a, a basic mindfulness practice oh I'm getting all upset <laughs> Oh, isn't that interesting? Sorry, Veronica. I'm getting all upset. Oh, and it's peaking, and it's over here, and I'm just gonna ride it. Oh
0: no, it's gone. I know, down. but people are so much into in, like instant gratification or instant reaction. You know, it's 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 instant, and and that is probably I think the biggest thing for people is to uh, yeah, it's, it's that instant. It, it, it's it's, it's right. that pause. It's which I I would gather like ninety percent of us don't take that pause ever. We we instinctively react, and that's we, yeah yeah,
1: and that's why some people find it helpful to go to a, among other things, they might be seeing a psychologist, a social worker, a counselor, uh, they might be taking medication, and in addition, they might find it helpful to, and I'm not uh, I'm not uh, touting this, but they might find it helpful to engage in a process of body awareness that isn't just what they're thinking now it's you have to be trained to do it short of being trained to do it you go see someone who can facilitate it for you
0: how often are you doing it with yourself
1: huh so um practically every day i'll tell you something uh, which i i found interesting in the focusing world um this, so uh, this, this focusing practice or process started in Chicago in the late 60s. Yeah, mid, mid to late 60s. And one of the things that just spontaneously grew out of it was um, focusing partners. So what did that mean? Um, it means two people who have gone through the same training in focusing um, spend time each week In those days, it was on the phone Mm -hmm. because it was the late 60s, you know. They were rotary phones. (laughs) Uh, They were landlines. Um, They'd spend an hour each week with each other, and one of them would be the companion while the other one focused, and then they'd switch um, roles. So I have about three of those partnerships right now. Um, One of my partners, and it's great, in the internet age. One of my partners is normally in uh, Colorado. Um, they're in Australia. We're focusing later today. Even with the time change, it'll be eight in the morning tomorrow for for them and, um, and uh, late afternoon for me. Um, another one is in California.
0: So you go through this process that you take your own clients through and you do it almost daily or often to keep yourself, does it keep you balanced? Like what does it do?
1: It's about presence. It's about being present to what you're experiencing uh, fully and allowing yourself to have that experience and seeing what you can learn from that experience. You may, uh, in a focusing session, Um, sense something that wants to do A and something that says, no, that's a stupid thing to do. Don't do that. Well, the beauty of focusing is you don't have to decide. You don't have to choose. That's part of the focusing attitude to respect both of those parts and see what they need, see what they're trying to tell you.
0: I think for some some people, they're going to go this is th- this this isn't for me right they're like i i i can't grasp it i'm hoping that there are some listening that go this this could be my this could be that hidden gift that i'm i'm able to incorporate and do with myself but i need to learn i need to learn how to do this properly and i need to kind of take these suggestions and be able to learn how to act or how to how to evolve with them how often are you doing this? Like, I know that you do one-on-one um, coaching. Is is that how you pretty much you do most of the work is with people? It's yep. Yeah, and I, I saw on your website, right? It was people working, you know, there was executives looking to be able to get through certain aspects or, you know, people with... You're seeing all spectrums of people,
1: of course, because anxiety comes up everywhere. It's not it's not just limited for people like myself who were in the foreign service. They can be entrepreneurs. Um, they can be working in organizations in in Ottawa in in high tech. Um, they can be working in the arts. Um, you know, they could be not working at all because they they're not. They could be not working at all. Now that's you know that becomes uh, an issue in terms of uh, of payment. Um I'm in a situation in life where that's not the driver for me so um you know I'm I'm happy to discuss that with with people. Um but you're right. The first thing is um people have to be interested in exploring mm-hmm. it. If they think this isn't for me, okay. I'm not trying to convince you. Um great. You know more power to you.
0: But for some this is this is that could be that key
1: i would like to see it on the menu of choices mm-hmm. um uh, available for people and un- unfortunately in ottawa okay there's <laughs> focusing is very uh as a, as a um, as it's developed it's been very um, non-dogmatic so what do i mean by that well it doesn't have to be done this way uh, and people have taken it different ways so there are there are developments in um what's called whole body focusing um, what i'm interested in inner relationship focusing domain focusing bio-spiritual focusing i mean the list goes yes. on and on because people have different have different interests um in it the way people can find out about it is on on the internet mm-hmm. there's a website called focusing with one s um dot .org um, it's the website of the um, international body that regulates focusing okay
0: www.focusing.org yeah okay and if people are looking to get in touch with you
1: so my name arnold zeman coach uh, dot, uh, @.com
0: okay yeah, I will have that. I will have the information as always in my newsletter. I know it's funny because I'm going to say we're well over uh, like the hour. Yeah, uh, are yeah. we? Can you imagine? I know.
1: I I have no sense of time. <laughs> I love talking yeah. about this, and you know, I figure, okay, I've been dealt this hand in life. How can I help? Mm-hmm. Maybe I can help people with what I've learned, what I've experienced, uh, how it's affected my life. Uh, being open about that, there's nothing to be ashamed about.
0: Yeah, I think I think having the open dialogue is is a start, uh, and comforting kindness, uh, and and being the doing and the being, those are two uh, two main things. Uh, also, Arnold, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, good luck to all of you who are at least uh, kind of dealing with this on on a day to day basis, and some of you who are going to go this this will pass, the holidays will pass, the the, the shopping, the festivities, uh, and to be able to di- different, differentiate. And know the people around you to differentiate between what they're actually going through and whether you are at that bank and seeing someone in front of you. Like, I can't imagine what thank what you. that experience uh, must have been like. Uh, so I really appreciate it. Our that thank really speaks so much. to
1: who you are as a person. <laughs> no, really. <laughs>
0: well, it, it
1: To put it, it in to those put terms. It, to, put it, to
0: understand the people that, are, that you're surrounded by. With that being said you're number 42 of the podcast. There are 41 others uh, that are available. If you have the opportunity, please uh, listen. There's uh, such a variety of guests on the Living Your Life with Leigh Lang podcast. If you have the opportunity, please uh, leave a comment or subscribe or let other people know and share the uh, the dialogue, share the podcast so that we can spread uh, all of this information as far uh, reaching as possible. That's that's a wrap. Episode 42 of Living Your Life with Leigh Lang.